Ball spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good, good Thursday morning, Western Oklahoma. It is the Skinny on Sports. Jared Atha in studio. Aaron Kalk is on the road again. He's back over on the east side of the state over at Salisaw. We'll talk to him coming up just a little bit. First, I want to tell you about all the ways that you can find the show and listen to the show. Obviously, right here on 98.1 FM, 1240 AM, KADS, the sports animal. Can't catch us live. That's okay. We record all the shows, put them in podcast form. We put them on our website, kadsam.com. You can download, if you're outside of our listening area, you can download the app, the Paragon app, which not only gives you KADS and us, it gives you all of our sister stations like KECO, Cool94. It can direct you to Paragon TV, which is, you know, we're in the dog days of summer, but you can go back and watch games on Paragon TV in the archives of your favorite team or your favorite game, that favorite sports moment that you had last year. And we'll get that uh, ramped up, I mean, quicker than you think, coming up with Big Elk TV, uh, coming up in the fall with football. And uh, did I miss anything? Oh, yeah. You know, last time I forgot to tell you when I was in control about the text line, don't forget, be a part of the show. Text us, 580-225-9698. We love the comments we get on the text and the opinions and the questions that we try to answer, 580-225-9698. Let's bring in the man, Aaron Skinny Calc. He's over in Salisaw right now following the Elk City Crushers and their quest for a state title, and so far, so good. They got a big win yesterday over Anadarko. Aaron, how are you? Can you hear me, first off? I can hear you loud. There we go. Am I too loud and clear? Probably. Hey, uh, so how's the weather now over there in Salisaw? This is all pushed back a day because of that dang uh, system that blew through. What was that, Wednesday? So Or Tuesday. I, my days are mixed up. Tuesday. But now it's all pushed back a day, but um, uh, it doesn't matter. Elk City Crushers, well, they crushed Anadarko yesterday. Talk about it. Yeah, apparently it was hot at the game. <laughs> I was I was not because I was uh, in the midst of driving over, and I would have been really, really close to being able to be able to watch probably the last two or three innings. Um, but there was a wreck oh, no. around the just a little bit to the west of the Calumet exit. So uh, when I left dead at noon. And I was hoping that the games over here would be, you know, running behind just a little bit. That happens sometimes. And that I would be able to make, you know, for like fourth or fifth inning or something like that. I got to the final marker. Oh, I was past the 108, but I wasn't at Calumet yet. I think it was right in the middle. Maybe 112. And all of a sudden, and that, that was, I was really kind of watching the clock just because I was trying to figure out if I was going to be able to make it or not. 52 minutes from... Oh. Uh, the uh, from from the east side of Elk City exit to there, it was 26 minutes before I could make it from the in between mile marker 112 to 115 to get off of the interstate to go around whatever was in front oh, of us to go through El Reno. So 
that shut me down to for even having any chance of, of seeing any baseball. But I was okay. I was able to use the Game Changer app, which anybody that uh, follows baseball whatsoever knows exactly what that is. But I made a I made a fatal mistake, Jared. What's that? I could have I could have you know how you can turn it on. Yeah, you can listen to the. Yeah, yeah. and I could have put, put that through our car. Right. To be able to, had never even crossed my mind. <laughs> so somewhere between uh, the east side of Oklahoma City and and Shawnee is when the game started, and I'm at, I'm surprised there's a little feature on our car uh, that if you're kind of you're going in and out of the lines, it'll kind of pop up a little message on the screen that says you, know, you may need to stop and drink some coffee. <laughs> tired. And I was just glancing down. Okay, what's the score now? What's the score now? What's the score now? Uh, but anyway, no, the guys, the, the guys played awesome. Um, Andy Darko is a team that kind of had their number through the years. Um, I, I think that uh, Jay had told me they played five times and had Darko had won four going into yesterday. Uh, but from the very first inning on, um, uh, the first three guys uh, walked. Brooks Bowles had a three-run double, five-run first inning, and it was just off and running from there. Brooks was great on the mound as well. Uh, Curry McClure came in and closed it. Kesson at 12-2. It was just an awesome performance. And so, so far, uh, the guys have really swung the bats. And the way this team is, if they can swing the bats, they're going to be really hard to beat because the pitching and the defense is one of those things that's pretty well there every game. Uh, they're going to throw strikes. They're going to be able to catch the ball. Uh, the one kind of Achilles heel has been if the bats go cold. But to this point, that hadn't happened. Uh, two uh, two big time wins, and so this afternoon, four o'clock, play uh, Shawnee the PC Naturals for a, a spot in the Final Four, and so that's uh, it's one fun tap today. If uh, if they win that, they play tomorrow at one o'clock. If they lose, then you got to turn around at eight o'clock tonight uh, for a spot in the Final Four. So two different chances available uh, to be in that Final Four, but obviously a win at four o'clock. Would would be a lot, be a lot easier path uh, to that final four. Yeah, in a great spot. You win those first two, and, and the pressure is a little off because you got to win two just to get in, uh, win one of two. But if you can win that first one, the pressure is way off, and that's so big opportunities for the crush. Yeah, I was watching. Um, I'm, uh, someone was filming it, and by the way, I'm a family member of Wyatt Compton now because they they approved me. <laughs> Uh, to watch it on Game Changer, so I had it propped up on my phone while I was doing some work, and and that yeah, that first inning they came out rolling, and and I remember what you told me about Enadarko and how they've struggled against them. So that's a great sign. I mean, beating a team that and and that's a good mental thing for those kids. I mean, these are twelve U kids; these are boys, and they probably saw that Enadarko team said, "Man, we have trouble with this team every time we play them." But to come out like that mentally tough and come out and swing the bat like you said that they can do and obviously the defense is there uh that's a great sign and hopefully that can continue for them so yeah, yeah it's a, the, the event the advantage the the huge advantage has been taken away uh for winning for winning the game this afternoon because normally uh it's a, if the it's, if the games follow the bracket without that rain out this, this game would have been last night at eight o'clock and then today Whoever would get the day off, yeah. Right? That, it's a, you not only not have to play, but then for pitching uh, purposes, you get that day off where you don't have to pitch anybody. So that's changed just a little bit. 
from what it what it would be, but still uh, as hot as it's going to be. And and I'll be honest with you, I was getting text message. I'm ready for this. I hope we we need to run rule so he can get out of this heat um, there in, in the fourth or fifth inning when they had a chance to score a couple runs, go up ten. I was thinking, well, it's, it's pretty nice in the car. I've got the air conditioner going. I don't, and I stopped and got out to went to the convenience store. And as soon as I got out, I was just like, oh my gosh, I know what they're talking about. And uh, I think it's actually going to be worse today. Uh, our car just said like 96 during the game as I was coming over. Uh, but I think that number is going to be well above 100 at four o'clock this afternoon. So, and then that's another thing that you know. Not having to play that extra game, not having to be out in the heat, not having you know all that goes into that to be able to be as fresh as possible uh, for tomorrow, and then, of course pitching—that's the main thing because right now everybody's available to pitch except for Brooks, who started yesterday. It's just one of the one of the better arms for sure that we've got, but he can pitch tomorrow. So the pitching is set up as well as it possibly could be. Uh, and it, and it will, will remain that way if you can win that first game today and not have to go through somebody else tomorrow, uh, tonight. Yeah, and, you know, and yeah, pitching is huge, but you you said it too. You got a great defense. Um, how many times I see balls getting caught in the outfield, and that's so big. I mean, that's why I keep preaching to my girls, anyways, about we're not putting you in the outfield because you're not good enough for the infield. You're good enough to catch it. You're good. You're our last defense. You have to make those catches, and they do. And that is such a big thing and a big advantage when you have a defense behind you. So even if you don't have the strongest arm there, they could have the most confident kid on the bump because he's got a defense behind him. So, uh, and then the, if the bats keep going, I, I don't have any worry about it. I think they'll be fine. Looking at the weather, four o'clock in Salisaw, right at that's probably going to be. The, you're right, the hottest part of the day. So make sure those boys are hydrated and. Get those frog togs ready or whatever. I mean, it's going to be a hot one, just like it probably is to, out here. I, I think we we'll probably need to make sure I'm hydrated more than the boys. <laughs> yeah, some the, sometimes the parents and coaches forget to do it too. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I'm, I I was like that last week. I'm yelling at the girls, "Drink water, drink water!" And I'm realizing I'm not even drinking water. I need to take care of myself. But yeah, it's going to be a hot one again. Um, what was it? Oh, so before we jump into, I mean, there's a lot of really cool stuff that happened last night. Uh, the Yankees athletics game was cool. Had a perfect game thrown uh, by a pitcher from the Yankees. We can touch on that and uh, other stuff as well. But I, I have some good news, I think, Aaron. I think I have good news. We were talking about the heat last night. I braved the heat in my garage. I had all the doors open trying to get some kind of a breeze in there. But I, I was not satisfied with the fact that my freezer was just gone. So I went out there. I took everything out of it. We already did, but I took all the shelves out of it. Uh, I cleaned that thing head to toe, messed around with the with the uh, uh, thermometer or the uh, not thermometer. Um, what what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, thermostat, whatever, on it. Um, which I mean, everything was working. And I checked the seal on my door, and on the very very bottom, it was it had come unhinged from the door and was just sagging there and I'd shut the door and I put my fingers underneath that and I realized it's seeping out right there the air is seeping out so I reattached that seal on the bottom of the door before we put anything in it I I uh, put it to its uh, the, its coolest setting and I put a cup of water in it last night this morning that cup of water was solid ice 
I think I, nice. I think I found the problem. I hope I did. Now, the big test. See, that's, the big. That's the question. Yeah, so a, how much do you trust it? Right, right. I mean, the leap of faith is buying a bunch of meat and put it in there and, and hoping it stays frozen. But um, I think that was I'd it. Start with, I'd probably start with the Totinos. Yeah. Those are like 99 cents or something. Yeah, the frozen pizzas or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then ease yeah. my way up into ice cream or the Dr. Pepper yeah. ice cream or something there before I buy a side of beef and put it in there. So, exactly right. Yeah, exactly. but I, I'm hoping – but I'm still I, – I got a hold of a repairman, which is blasphemy if you're a, if you're a dad like me. I can fix it. But I call – and he's going to come look at it and just uh, double-check. I don't want to have to buy a brand-new one when this one is perfectly fine. So I, I hope I made some headway there, and, and I'm, it's not a total loss to the freezer anyways. And um, hopefully I put some meat in there for this weekend, for the holiday weekend. All right. Very good. Yeah, it's, that's a little bit of a relief waking up this morning and find, up, find that cup of ice in my, uh, my deep freeze. Hey, have you seen um, – What's coming on July 15th, Elk City? Yes, I have. And I was, um, I've been getting a, a couple of texts here uh, and actually a phone call uh, from Coach Maynard. Um, and he's wanting to come on and talk about some different things. This, and uh, he's got an idea uh, for some community outreach uh, for his football players here uh, towards the, the end of the summer. And so, yeah, I have seen this. It looks like it, it, this. See, this, there was a, a camp kind of like this, or, or just like this, I guess you could say, over in Sayre last year. Remember, because Cade came on and talked about it. Yeah. Having those uh, having the OU players, but they're a really, really cool deal. I mean, think about this. This camp is, what, the, the 15th is a Saturday? Yes. So you go from this one, and then the very next Friday is when uh, Vance McDonald's uh, camp is happening. Oh, so very good. Yeah. Back-to-back weeks, great opportunities. Tell you If you've got it pulled up there. Yeah, uh, everybody yeah. For, for those who haven't seen, it's been all over the social medias. But um, Elk City Tackle Football Camp is happening on July fifteenth. Uh, it's at Big Elk Football Stadium at the at the field. Registration at seven a.m. Camp lasts from nine a.m. to four p.m. So basically all day. And this is the cool part: you're going to meet some uh, D one players from OU. And this is th- there's some names you're going to recognize here, if not all of them: Danny Stutzman, Marcus Stripling. General Booty, who doesn't who that that I, that alone I'll go for just to see General Booty, Tawei Walker, uh, Tawee Walker, excuse me, Justin Harrington, Key Lawrence, Jalil Farouk, Andrew Raymond or Ra- Raym, excuse me, Jonah. Uh, you're gonna have to tell me with some of these. Lulao, yeah, something like that. Reggie Grimes, uh, Kelvin Gill- uh, Gillum, uh, local guy here, Ethan Downs will be here, and Jackson Arnold uh, will be on out giving some instruction at quarterback. So wide range, and we're talking linebackers, quarterbacks, like I said, running back, wide receiver, defensive backs, defensive line. I mean, you're going to get a lot of work here with some some uh, great young men that are going to come in out and help us out with this football camp on July 15th. So we'll we'll touch on that. Like you said, Maynard will be on. and This is a really cool. I'm, I'm kind of mad because I'm going to be on vacation and out of town. <laughs> I won't be here yeah, so on that Saturday. Uh, yeah, me neither. Um, we're going to be out of town as well, but you know this. I think what what this is is the good part of NIL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because this is a way that uh, those guys kind of those guys uh, can earn a little money. You know, they will, but they also are here giving back to to kids. Uh, and it's an awesome thing uh, that 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 affords 
those guys the opportunity to do um, and can benefit uh, the, the kids from some of the surrounding area of Elk City to be able to, uh, to uh, that's just cool, right? I mean, even, even if you're an OSU fan and you're a kid, it's still cool to see these guys. Yeah. Uh, even, though, even though they're Sooners, it's still cool. It's like, hey, you know, I, I know that guy from, uh, from watching college football on Saturday. And, you know, that's, it's just a really neat uh, opportunity uh, that's, out, that's afforded out there uh, for, uh, for the kids that, that want to play tackle football in Elk City. And it's just a really neat thing that's, that's, that's available because of, of what the NIL brings to the table. Yeah. So it's not, it's not all bad. No. It's not all yeah. bag men and recruiting. There is some, there, there is, be it a small percentage, there is a small percentage of a positive thing that can come out. Well, all this. Th- without NIL, and this is, you're right, it's a small percentage of a positive thing, but without NIL, I wouldn't be able to read all those names. You know, there that, that allows that to happen. So that's cool. Uh, for those wondering, third through 12th grade uh, participants on this one, it's $150 for the day. If you're looking to sign up, just search on Facebook, Elk City Youth Tackle Football, and you're going to find it and find out how to sign up right there. And if you just want to go, this is kind of cool too. I mean, how much are you paying to go watch an OU game? Like a ticket for a ticket. I mean, no less than 50 I mean, if you're lucky to find some under 50 bucks, maybe. Uh, you could buy a $10 Observer Pass and just go watch them play. Just go watch these guys put on this camp. So it's not just limited to – I mean, you just want to go and um, sit in the stands and watch it. That's pretty cool too, just 10 bucks. Uh, the participants will receive a shirt and a lunch, and autographs will be available to camp participants with a camp shirt. So so they get to get some instruction and get some cool autographs from – I mean, there's a lot of autographs I'd want out of that group. Jackson Arnold mainly because he potentially could be a big-time star. But that's pretty cool stuff. So I'm in studio – we have uh, Aaron on the road. Aaron, I got some breaking news. Go ahead. Okay. And this is for our listeners, too. This is very important. Very big news. Huge news. We will not be on the air on Monday. We're off work. That is official. I was, Came from I the- was going to ask this question after the show <laughs> for the other part of my duties to know what to do with law. Well, that's it. Suck. That's it. So we are, uh, we are, we will be off air. Not off air. We'll have something on the air, but we will not have a show on Monday and obviously on Tuesday to celebrate the Fourth of July holiday. Okay, so let's take everybody inside baseball a little bit here uh, okay. with the with inner workings of radio and how we do. It. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So obviously Tuesday. Independence Day, July the 4th, we have a holiday log set up. You know where I'm going with this yet? No. I'm going. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to weather. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Because we'll have two holidays back to back. So, I, but I, But I think what we can do is... Let me do. Let me do the thinking on that one. 
Yeah, because what we need, what we because we can't. We, if we don't use the holiday, we'd have to use Saturday. Well, then, you know, right. We can't get all the because. So the goal obviously is to be able to get through all the weather stuff on Friday and not have to worry about correct being there till Wednesday. I might have to rewrite some code and stuff, but I think I can figure it out for you. And I'll let and I'll send out a mass text. <laughs> which is what we do everywhere. Okay, so Okay, so all right, so then I've got something else here. The uh so the so the only chance Okay, so we're not there. Okay, so Friday, I'm going to need I, I've already got the skinny on sports report done for Friday. Oh, okay. It is the one where I read the day of the uh, Declaration of Independence. Ah. I'm going to try to do that on July, you know, around there closer, but that'll be the only chance, so we'll have to do that Friday. Well, that's weird, because that's how I'm going to do my news tomorrow, so we're, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I've got it saved on the desktop, so that'll be simple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read it two years in a row, and I thought, you know what, this is silly. If I'm going to do this every year, I might as well just <laughs> there uh, my, go, there I my, might as well go save this. In my news... <laughs> you know you know how long it to, takes to read that? Thing? Oh yeah, yeah, I bet. The, there, there. This might be the third year in a row we're going to get a story about how not to blow your fingers off from Sean yeah. Wilson <laughs> <laughs> about fireworks safety. No way. Yeah, no, it hasn't been out there yet. <laughs> oh, it's I'm saying it's about the third year in a row. I've done it like two. <laughs> so you got. So I kind of got one safe. Oh, I keep that one. I keep the audio and everything go. ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's worth mentioning about every time this year, fireworks safety and he, what better uh, what better example to use than Sean Wilson, right? Yeah, he, and he and he yeah. will he loves that he loves that too. He loves using that uh, incident as a as a lesson learned, you know. So um, he doesn't mind it yeah. at all. It's one of those things where uh, he can be the example so that somebody else doesn't have to, you know. Yeah, and he gets it for sure, right? that affords them the opportunity for to be kind of the spokesperson for two things. One, fireworks safety. Two, uh, air evac, because that helped him as well. Yep. Yep. Sure did. Hey, um... Okay, so, yeah, so we got to get in. Um, you, so last night, I was I get here. Okay, so here's how this goes. I, I get to... Because we're actually staying at a house on... Kind of on... Lake Eufaula. So it's, you know, I think it's literally like 30, 30 miles maybe to Salisaw from where we're at uh, on the interstate. And so, you know, I'm, I'm watching the game changer. I, I pretty well resigned myself, myself to the fact that I'm not going to get there. So I'm, I'm just kind of going and, and knowing that I'm just going to, I'm going to beat everybody to the house. Um, and sure enough, right as the game was ending, I was about where your exits. Uh, off the interstate to come down here. Yeah. So that also gave me the chance to, um, since being the first one here, we decided to grill. There's a grill out on this deck. I mean, this place, it would be an awesome, like, vacation spot. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, so there's a grill. Get it light. I get it. Uh, I'm thinking, okay, well, this clearly I'm going to have to be the grill guy. So I get all the hamburger patties made as everybody's kind of starting to filter in. And so do that, and uh, and then out on the deck, there's there's cornhole boards set up. I think, huh, look at that cornhole. Um, so 
also people may not realize that uh, Jay Mack and I are the uh, 20-year reunion class of 99 Cornhole champions. And by the way, and by the way, not only champions, uh, just any other time we play undefeated in our lives. And people didn't, you know, wanted to take a shot. There, you know, there's shots at us. My arm really is going to be sore today uh, from playing so much cornhole. But I do have sad news to report. You've been dethroned. We have been beaten once. Who got you? Jeff, Jeff Barker and Matt Thornbro, a couple of former Sayer Eagles, beat us. It, oh, was a wild, it was a wild affair. Both teams busted, went over 21, and had to go back to 11. And, uh, yeah, it ended up being like a 21-19 game. Wow. We were defeated first time ever. And what was really bad was, as the busting and all that was happening, um, we celebrated the win when it wasn't ours. Uh, Matt threw one on the board and knocked one of ours into the hole. And unfortunately, our math skills were a little bit muddled as we meet in the middle for a big old chest bump and then have to do the walk of shame back to the poor noble, <laughs> realizing we've misadded. We're only 20. Game's on over, boys. <laughs> yes, then the very next for the very next bag went in the hole, and that's when we busted. We busted down to eleven. So, that's that's the equivalent uh, of thinking you got three outs when you only had two, and you're, yeah, you're walking that's off. What that's what happened. We threw the, we threw the ball up in the stands with two outs and a run scored. <laughs> <laughs> and not only a run scored, but the game winning run scored. <laughs> and we were uh, we were destroyed. Now we probably went about fourteen and one last night, but. Uh, the, the one is going to be the, the more memorable one uh, than the fourteen because for the first time in our lives we lost. We didn't know how to. We didn't know how to act. Yeah, so we just they're like zombies for a little bit. Yeah, you're always going to remember the one loss. <laughs> it's like OU. You can't remember all the wins, but you remember that Baylor loss in softball. <laughs> and I also uh, there was a point, and um, anybody that's that's uh, used this product knows. Uh, with the with the Tucker family beef, how awesome it is, and but also uh, if you don't watch it because it is uh, it's prime beef, folks, and that means uh, the the content of uh, of fat is higher. I mean, it's just it's marbled in there, awesome. Well, the, the, it was a propane grill, which I, I, I don't use. I, I'm just I don't. I have other things, <laughs> um, and I almost burned down the deck. Because, oh my goodness. Uh, the fat started dripping down into the flame, oh, and the flame yeah. was shooting up. There was a little temperature gauge on the top of this grill, I and mean, it's a nice propane grill. There's no doubt; it's, it's one of the better ones you can get. Um, and it went it, the the, ther- the thermometer had wrapped around to the other side because the flames were touching the, wherever the probe was. Uh, so Yikes. once we got that simmered down a little bit, uh, we avoided a disaster. But uh, anyway, yeah, we lost. J Mac and I finally. For the first time in our lives, lost a cornhole game. Well, you know, let the loss motivate you and go get them tonight. Right? We did. Uh, we went ahead and busted. We just went ahead and ran through everybody after that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> Domingo Herman. He's a New York Yankees pitcher last night. He ran through everybody for Oakland. Uh, got the first perfect game since 2012 when Felix Hernandez did it with the Mariners winning 11-0. to Uh, Of course, it was popping up on probably your phone, too, 
perfect game watch, perfect game, watch this. And I was following it actually on my phone. Oh, I finally was able to sit down and um, watching uh, history happen. Um, that's pretty cool. That's a thing that I, I think is kind of an underrated achievement, in my opinion. There's no hitters, but then there's perfect games. Um, that's a very, very big thing, Aaron. What do you think? Yeah, so do you know how many I, – I just saw this tweet. This is the only reason I know it. <laughs> uh, I could, probably I could have thought of it, but I would, wouldn't have known it was for sure the answer. Do you know how many perfect games the Yankees have thrown in their illustrious history? After last night? After last night. I was going to be very, it's not going to be as much as you think. I think four? Four is the correct uh-huh. answer. Well, I was really guessing, but yeah, usually four, when that's something like, you think Yankees, you think there's going to be a ton of them. But that's there's, right. Yeah, no, just, okay, four, okay. Four is the right answer, and guess what? That is the most. That, that's the most by a franchise in baseball history. It See? broke a tie with the Chicago White Sox. That can is. You tell me, uh, can you tell me who the other three were? Um, I know there was one or two of them that were really close. <clears throat> no, I, I can't tell you who. I think the last time one happened was in the 90s, but I can't tell you who. So two Davids. David Cohn. David David, David Wells. Wells, yeah. Yes. And then, of course, the the, the other one uh, was the most famous one, which is Don Larson in the, in the World, the World Series. Series. That's correct. Yeah, for, think about that. You're right. That's such an underrated thing to throw a perfect game. It is. The, the, the Yankees. Think about what the Yankees as a franchise, have done. And they've only done it four times. Right. And I, I hope, when you're going to be around those a lot of those kids today, I hope that they understand the magnitude of a perfect game. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like you to quiz them and ask them, do you know what a perfect game is? And ask oh, them, yeah, see, they, see if they can tell you. Oh, yeah, they do. I know they do. Were they, they've discussed this before. They yeah. have. Okay. What the difference is. Awesome. Between a fair and a perfect game, that's been a conversation piece before. Um, I don't know if they knew at the time what the difference was, but they they definitely do now. Very they, good. They, they get it, but uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, to think that the, the Yankees, all the success, all the dudes they've had go through there in the whatever 120 years, and their four perfect games is all they've thrown after last night. Yeah, it's a heck of an accomplishment for sure. And it's not like uh, Herman is a guy that you recognize. That that win last night evened up his record at five and five. He has a four point five ERA, struck out seventy eight this year. So I mean, not like a dominant pitcher, but it goes to show you sometimes guys are just zoned in and locked in and um, are unhittable. And that was a fine example of it last night for uh, Domingo Herman and the New York Yankees in the fourth franchise perfect game. Very cool stuff. Very cool. How are your Brewers doing? Nah, I've not disowned them. I'm not trying to pick. I don't know. I'm just. I'm curious. Are they still? Uh, are they a little, little bit of a lull now? It's not very good. That, <laughs> that that division is not very good. I tried to warn you. Uh, Cincinnati. I think maybe they're kind of the story right now. It's just coming off a 12 game winning streak. Um, with the young guys they have, they're kind of exciting. 
uh, brewers in between. They're not as good as they have been. Um, so one saving grace, I guess, as far as the playoffs go, is uh, that nobody else is all that good either. And so we still have every opportunity to win the division. But, um, you know, at that point, that, that may be it. But uh, at least right now in this part of the season, I think the Reds are kind of the story uh, in that division in the, NL, in the NL Central. Well, I mean, <clears throat> Brewers just a half game back as I look at the stands here. And then behind them, the Cubbies at four and a half games back. So you still have something to hold over Will's head uh, with your Brewers. But there's still still a chance there. Uh, Atlanta Braves, though, I think are right now the best team in baseball. They are absolutely red hot. Five games, uh, in, one in a row. They're nine and one their last ten. But I believe it's more than that. They're like 12 and one or something like that. Or one, I don't know, but they're 53 wins for the for the Braves, and and I know people would argue with me that Tampa Bay is um, the best team in baseball. Statistically, they are in the win loss category, but uh, the Braves look like they are red hot. And of course, Texas Rangers they're they kind of kind of cooled off a little bit, but they're still in first place uh, ahead of Houston and Los Angeles by six games. Rangers one win away from the 50-win mark. And right now we're just hurling towards the All-Star break, which comes up here in, what is it, two, three weeks? It's coming up. Yeah. And um, my my thing is, you know, it's that, that long baseball grueling season. If you can get your team, whoever you're rooting for, obviously going in in first place helps. But if you're like the Brewers in second place, definitely in contention for wild card or the division uh, just by half a game there, you got to feel good about it, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned baseball because you know, driving yesterday, I got to uh, listen to a bunch of sports talk radio, um, and I, I think Jim talked about o- Otani for like multiple segments. <laughs> He's infatuated with them for it, good I reason. Mean, for good reason. Oh my god! Think about what is happening. There's no way in the world. There's no way in the world. Well, I guess there is. Has a Cy Young has the Cy Young guy ever been the MVP too in the same year? I feel like there that has it has to be. There has to be. Has there been a pitcher that won the MVP? Has that happened? I, I, I just when he said it, I, I just immediately to my in my mind just went, "Well, that's never happened." And then as I thought, like, well, yeah, it could have been like. A time where the pitcher was so good that he also won the MVP. But Bob Gibson in 1968. Okay, that's the only time. Um, ten pitchers to win. No, let me go to the article. Ten pitchers to win Cy Young and MVP in one season. Oh, it's happened way more than I thought. Yeah, I see. That's what I was thinking. It felt like it has happened more than you think. Because I mean, you can be the best player in baseball and a pitcher. Um, Roger Clemens did it in 86. Verlander did it with Detroit in 2011. Yeah, Kershaw in 2014. So it's it's been done. It's not unheard of. Yeah. See, can you be the best player in baseball and be a pitcher? If you are completely so. unhittable and you are the reason your team is winning, I mean, every time you're on the mound, and obviously you're a Cy Young winner, but you're on the mound and you can almost write a W next to the call. I, yeah, I can see. Yeah. There's yeah, been dominant lose. pitchers where – out of every five games. Well, that's that's true. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, uh, but anyhow, uh, nobody's nobody will have done it for the reasons he's he could do it. 
because he, he leads every category there is offensively. And then he's right in the mix, just, you know, <laughs> on the mound. It is nuts what this dude is doing. Absolutely insane. And people, I think, are actually starting to realize it. It helps he's in L.A. It would help immensely if they could be the one of the wild card teams, at least get some sort of postseason action uh, in that way. But here's the question. You mentioned the Braves. Mm. Where is he going to be next year? And how much money is it going to cost for him to be there? Um, don't ask me money because it's going to be – through the north app. of a half, it's going to be north of a half a billion dollars. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy amount, crazy amount. The question is, who can pay it, and and where does he want to be? I I think he stays right there in L.A. But with the I Dodgers, this is the Dodgers. The Dodgers want him bad, is what the rumor mill says. But I, but him um, because what's concerning if you're an Angels fan, I guess, is they're from what I heard um, through, uh, on Mark's show, uh-huh. is the Angels or the uh, Otani's agent will not talk right now to the Angels. And and yes, the Angels should be doing everything. They should be doing everything they can to keep this guy, and it should be in negotiations right now before uh, free agency opens up at the end of the year. So, uh, but uh, but the the. Agent has said, we're not talking until the end of the season. Okay, so does that, knowing that as the, as the Angels GM, is there any way, is it, all their leverage is almost taken away completely at the trade deadline because any team that might give up the farm to get him might just think, why would we do that when we can wait until the off season and have a chance to sign him out, right? Right. Yeah, but it's kind of like the Kevin Durant situation. You don't want. Well, you don't want to. He's not saying he wants to stay. Yeah, he's you not. Know, he's not leaning not either way. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, he's not saying a word. He's just playing baseball. Right. But you don't want so to get caught, you know, with nothing. You don't want to ha- have him That's sign, right. especially with the Dodgers, your crosstown rival, and you're you get nothing. I mean, that's why there's the argument of. Angels need to trade him so they're they, at least they get something. And, but it would take a it would take a huge bounty to to I mean even entertain if you're the Angels if someone's calling you to make a trade offer for Otani I mean you have to give up practically the farm I mean the whole system but so that it's interesting but um the but the big well, question is how much will he get and where will he go. And everybody who's a fan of any kind of a team on base, they're going, oh, I want him here. I want him. Obviously, I want him as a Ranger. But that's unrealistic. I don't think that'll happen. I think, uh, I think see, he I wants to be on this big, big stage, like 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 the Dodgers or the Yankees or somebody like that. Do you think it? You think uh, Rangers are realistic? Really? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Why is that? Uh, Just new stadium and the, the money. I mean, they got the money to pay, and they can pay it they because can. of the market. Yeah. There in DFW, I think that that's a. I think it's realistic. Also, I think Atlanta's a realistic, um, because of the way they they've structured their guys that they have. They've been the one franchise that hasn't 
given in to these 10, 12 year contracts for mega, you know, even their stars are only signing for four or five. Right. And right. so they're not, they're not all the way pot committed, clear out there. Uh, like a lot of the other people are. Um, I, I mean, I, I think, that, I think the question of trading Otani is so fascinating because I mean, the last time we saw this happen, a 90 year curse happened. Ah, yeah. Isn't that so funny? When the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth. And it, 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 I, I make that comparison because that is who Otani is right now. Yeah. He is Babe Ruth with the pitching and the hitting. And so, I mean, the last thing in the world the Angels want to be known for is trading Shohei Otani. But I would rather be the guy that is known for trading him and getting back. Lord knows what you could get back. Right. Yeah, then the guy that's sitting on his hands and let him go for nothing. Right. The only win scenario for the Angels is retaining him in free agency. That's the only win scenario. If you lose him, you look like a dummy. Uh, if you trade him, you look like a dummy. Even whatever you get back, you're like, why would you trade him? And I mean, if, it, you're, it, if you're the Angels right now, I think you're really hoping that you, you either win every game till the All-Star break or lose every game. Because that tells you, okay, we're really in the mix of the race or makes you feel better about trading them because you're out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, them, them playing better than they have in the last few seasons as a team makes this a way harder choice than it would have been, say, the last couple when you know you look up and the Angels and the, uh, going into July are already cooked. I'd have to look back. I'm not a obviously an Angels fan clearly, because they're in the division that I root for with the Rangers, but I can't remember the last time they've had a winning record at the break, but right now they're at 44-38. and 38. They are winning. It hasn't happened. In, I mean, they are consistently winning, but it's funny. It comes at a season where Texas has figured it out, and they're winning too, and then Houston, it's like this is the year you'd want Houston to kind of, kind of pull back a little bit or, or fall off a little bit. I don't know, 43 and 37 screams that, but they're not dominating the West like they have in years past. But, you know, in the Angels, that would be a kick in the teeth if they finished third in the West with a winning record and outside the playoffs. Thinking, man, we're finally winning, but the, the division got better uh, around us. Um, I want to see what their wild card looks like because they are tied in second. Uh, Baltimore leading that one, followed by the Yankees. And uh, they are one, two, three, four. Uh, they're half game back from being uh, in uh, the top two in the wild card. The Angels, yeah, that is. They're right there. They're right there. They're in the mix. But it is, uh, just, you want to talk about an impossible choice. That's an impossible choice. Trade him, don't trade him. Especially because it doesn't feel like the don't trade idea would be you feeling like you're the, in the front, in the driver's seat to sign him. It doesn't feel like that to me. It, it, it just doesn't feel like the Angels are in the driver's seat to re-sign him. It doesn't. No, it does not. So at that point, man, you've almost got to just bite that bullet and, and trade him as bad as you don't want to. But at the same I mean, that's, that's one school of thought. The other school of thought is this is a – all-time great players. There's no way you trade him and you take your chances. 
of, of signing. I, I get both sides. I can see both sides because of what he's done and what he is. Yeah, it's, I mean, maybe maybe the Durant thing uh, for us kind of bites you. Sure. And the way that that happened, like it influences your mind. Like, okay, you know, who in 2016, the run up to that, no one in their right mind would have said would have been going, oh, well. You know, you're not going to get anything for him, so you might as well trade him. No one in their right mind thought that here. It was, let's take our chances because Kevin Durant's a generational type player. But Kevin so, Durant yeah. didn't give a lot of indication of wanting to leave. You know what I mean? He, oh, sure. Yeah, it was even it was even more. That's why it was uh, really shocking. Yeah, it, and it was more like you had to think that. Yeah. It, it, it led you to think that. It led you to to go down that path and think, okay, well, it'd be fine. We'll, you know, roll the dice and, because it seems like you're in the driver's seat to sign him. See, the Angels aren't that. They're, they don't feel like they are. And so I think it's probably just the scar tissue of, of seeing that guy leave mm-hmm. here yeah. that, that makes you more callous, and at least for me, makes me more callous than thinking, well, heck, yeah, just get something for him. Yeah, it's hard to do that because and of what he. If you're if you're the Angels, if it's me, I'm not trading them. I'm yeah. going to keep them and win as much as I can this year and hope for the best as far as playoffs and everything, and then push all my chips to the center of the table for them and go. Okay, that's what we're offering you. And because right. even if you lose them, you still have Mike Trout. I mean, you still have him <laughs> on your team and. And maybe you can uh, attract someone else in free agency, but there's no one that can compare to Otani. But uh, I'm just saying the consolation prize of having Mike Trout is not a bad consolation prize. From the text line, tell us again: is a perfect game 20, 27 batters with no hits? Yes, twenty-seven up, twenty-seven down. No one reaches. No one. No walks. No. No hits. Nothing. That's a perfect no game. No errors. Uh, absolutely perfect. So yeah, twenty-seven batters. Um, looking else on the text line. I think we had a question about number four. I don't know what that is. Anyways, uh, Will Will says, you don't play bust on cornhole. You go to 21 or you can go over. Watch the pro circuit. That's from Will on the text line, Aaron. Well, then we didn't lose. <laughs> wipe, that, wipe that L away. <laughs> you wipe can, it away. You we go to 21 first. or you can go over. Okay. So yeah. you can you can – you can go. You could hold it out, and and still, you you can be done. Just you have to achieve twenty one or more. I was going to say Will was playing amateur hour cornhole, but then he said it's how the pros do it. So, hey, so whatever. so we got a protest now. Are you going to file a yep. protest? And I am. Uh, we're back to undefeated. I knew there was something wrong. Okay. Um. Are, let me ask you. Are we having Scott on tomorrow? Yes. He's going to be. Oh, I forgot to text you. Yeah, all hour. Perfect. We got to get you on for at least a segment because I want to hear how this protest goes, and if there's been a rematch or anything like that. Okay. All right. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll, we might do that in our final segment or something. Here at Eighth End Studio, we have Aaron Calco on the road uh, in Salisaw, Oklahoma, over there on the east side of the state is the 12U Baseball State Tournament, OK Kids Baseball State Tournament, where the Elk City Crushers are, dare I say, crushing it, uh, getting two big wins uh, off the bat. And they're in the driver's seat today, right tonight. No, today at 4 o'clock. And they have an opportunity to uh, punch their ticket into the final four. And, I mean, just give yourself a chance. That's what I always say, Aaron. You get in that final four and then who knows, right? 
who knows? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's obviously the goal uh, today is uh, to be playing tomorrow. Um, you know, Shawnee has been uh, – they've been pretty good too. They came back from a – in the first game against Chickasha, they were down 8-3 in the third inning and came back and won that game 10-8. And then yesterday uh, beat Stigler. The last time I looked at it was 10-3. I'm not exactly sure what that final was. But uh, their team – I mean, I know that uh, – uh, the the Sayre team that we had been a part of uh, for all those years uh, that was the, this was the nemesis team was the TC Naturals uh, in AU over at Weatherford in the Final Four um, got beat by them last year right here in this same game um, to go to the to the, the to the Final Four uh, beat us as well uh, so at least for for White and Colt. Uh, somebody that they've had run-ins with and it hasn't gone well. It's Corn Dog is uh, one of the kids has, has uh, been the difference on the mound or at the plate. So I, I, I saw them finish that game against Chickasha. Uh, they've got a 12U and an 11U team, so I don't even know if it's the same kids that uh, we saw last summer. Yeah. To be quite honest with you, but I uh, it's obviously it's one of those teams. Every time you you look at a bracket or you, you see how it goes, they're no matter what age group it is, they're up there um, in the in, in the you know winning at the state tournament. So yeah, that's another another really good challenge, which is as, as it ought to be. I mean, there's only eight teams left. Half the field was eliminated yesterday, uh, so you're, you're down here to you know every game. It's going to be a tough one. So and it's just go out, and have fun, and execute, and we'll see what happens. You know, you're talking about. You, know, you see the same teams. We kind of talked about this earlier. Seeing the same teams in these state tournaments, the same towns, same cities, and Elk City's right there, right? I mean, you, I'm sure people are saying the same thing. Man, we see that Elk City team every time we come to a state tournament. You know, what's interesting is, and I kind of flip it forward to what we see in high school. You know, you know, it's you, I don't understand it. But like Salisaw, their teams are always winning or right there. And then you get into what happens by the time you get to high school. You know, Salisaw's not a team that we've really seen in state tournaments lately. No, it's usually Fort Gibson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're talking about East Side schools, you know. that Fort Gibson, Vertigris. Right. Those are, you know, that you hadn't seen Salisaw. Cushing was this year. Uh, with that class that they had, I mean that was, was one of those deals for them. Yeah, uh, that we saw in the football field, they just with the, that was just a loaded class of athletes. I won't uh, say they, I won't say what town because we they can hear us, <laughs> but uh-huh. um, there was a team that I'm, I'm going back to my girls that we would always struggle with with this particular group of ten U girls. We struggled with them all the way back to T ball, eight U. Um, early parts of 10 and then we consistently started to beat them this season and i'm talking to another dad i'm like what's going on with this team he said this happens to them at all their grade levels so if you notice when they get to high school you're not seeing them in the state tournaments yeah. like like we are or hammond or Lady is it's it, it's odd i don't get it well and you said, i mean maybe they don't maybe kids don't end up at salsa you know, there's enough the, schools around. Yeah, there, there's that. Yeah. Some other schools. And and we're, we're seeing the kids. We're just not realizing that they're on a different team. You know, yeah. they're on Stigler or even Stigler. 
you don't see them much in the in the state tournament. You know, and I'm not ignorant to you know we love the idea of what we could have at Canute with these girls because there's a lot of them and they're all very solid at what they do. And if we can keep them together all through all the way through high school, mm-hmm. we think we got a good chance to be really good. But I'm not ignorant to the fact you know life happens. You know, yeah. mom might get another job on in Texas and move away. You know, or something like that. And so there's always that too. You know, life happens. Kids maybe just yeah. say, "I'm done playing baseball. I don't want to play." Or they move. Or they or, get as good as they're going to be at twelve. Or, or you know, the, there's that. There's a lot. Of, yeah. There's. It doesn't necessarily always carry over, but in right. some cases it yeah. does. Some cases there's really good uh, programs that are develop, developing them young. And, and knowing how to keep them developing as they grow older and playing at a high level when they get to high school. Uh, we see that a lot, too, especially out here. We do mm-hmm. in all sports. So, yeah, it's it's odd. But but Elk City, I think, I mean, we're starting to see that where we – what I just said, that development in the – we just saw it with those girls in here in softball. And we're really excited about their future at Elk City. I think the same thing can be said about the baseball program. Is that, yeah, that it's just it's just developing and developing and developing. Yeah, the kids the kids who were were good in the summertime have been good in the in the spring. Uh, we yeah. you know we looked at that team that was that came in there and talked to us a few years ago after winning a, a state tournament, and then you look out on the field against Tuttle in the semifinals this year. A handful of those kids were out there, you know. So sometimes right. it stays, sometimes it doesn't, uh, but. Uh, it has so far, at least uh, for for Jay and the, the Elk City program, for sure. Right. Well, hey, we're over the time limit, so we got to go. Um, we will have Scott Garrison in here tomorrow. He's going to be here in the whole hour, right? Helping me out. Yeah, just, yeah that's what he said. I asked nice. him if he wanted to. He's like, heck yeah. So, awesome. Well, that's I'll, great. I'll, I will have to call you if I get a chance because I oh. think we'll have to be cleaning ah. and getting out of here at All that right. time. But I'll try. All right, we'll do that. I've got to go, Aaron. Take care. Good luck. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.